What did we talk about? We talked to comedy and everything else's Stephanie Zamorano. We talk about her involvement on the David Feldman podcast and KPFK's The Jimmy Dore Show. And the comedy and everything else, obviously. We teach her what a furry is. Yes, we do. We talked a lot more about kinky sex than I would have expected. <clears throat> we talked about... The youth of America. We did talk... There's, There's one, one now. now. <laughs> we talk about teaching in the Los Angeles Unified School District. Yep. The ups and the downs. We talk about theater, comedy, improv, politics. Yeah, and pop. Yes. <laughs> I'll see how we worked on it. We talk about New Zealanders. We do talk about New Zealanders and their propensity for uh, sexual, sexual congress. Yes. <laughs> sexual congress. I'd hate to be elected to sexual congress. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I'd love it. I don't know, maybe the Senate. Yeah, why do we have a bicameral system? That's what I want to know. Maybe if I had paid more attention in school. Bicameral curious. Bicameral curious. I am bicameral curious. But not bicameral curious like those furries. Weep, wop, 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 wop. On the Shaky Town Radio. <laughs> Shaky Town Radio Hours on the air. I'm Gene George. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. Welcome to the show, everybody. Yay. Oh, you're going to try and do something I, weird, dude. I'm mainly just talking to hear myself because I'm wearing different pair of headphones than normal. Okay. And everything sounds weird. I'm yeah. sure it will come out okay in the wash, but... But in your head, it's not. Not so much. Yeah. Um, well, do you want to introduce our guest? I would love to. Please do. We have today in Casa de George... The Meadows. It's the Meadows. The Meadows. The Meadows. Uh, it's we, on Foursquare now, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, my friend Eric put it on Foursquare. He's the mayor of the Meadows. Very good. But I but I pointed out, I am the king of the Meadows, and you are my little subject. <laughs> it really happened. True story. So introduce our guest. Our guest today is Stephanie Zamorano. Oh my gosh, thank you so much, gentlemen. I don't even know, you're the king of the meadows? What do you mean, the king of the meadows? Oh, my house is called the meadows. Oh. I named my house. You know, rich people have houses like, you know, we're going to desert shores tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We're going to the dunes. Sure, sure. You know, we're going to whatever. The meadows. I'm here at the meadows. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like that That's already. Right. If you're on Foursquare, you can check in. <laughs> what is Foursquare? It's I some... I think it's like some cross between Twitter and... It's it's like a location specific daily thing where you can put in like uh, you know locations like bars and restaurants and I don't know it, maybe it's some kind of game. You guys to- totally sound smart. Totally you know everything. No, that well I, even with me tapering off at the end, like not knowing what the hell I was talking about. That's wow. The well, bar, I only know the four, bars low. I only know four square. You like when you play four square? Like, like two square with the ball. Yeah, right? two, yeah. Two Is there a rock involved? Is there a rock? Eat the throw a rock? Uh, no rock was involved when I played Four Square. Maybe I just went to a school that can afford a ball. They just threw a rock. I think yeah. you were playing Throw Rocks. Okay. It was not Four Square. Well, it was all the kids throwing rocks at me. So. Oh, Dodge Brody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> anyway. 
Uh, well, welcome. It's great to have you. Um, Thank you. Thank I'm, you. I'm sure we've mentioned at some podcast in the past that uh, comedy and everything else. Is... Oh yeah, that's one of the shows that I, I'm on. Comedy and everything yeah, else. The, the, the many shows. Yeah, it seems like that. Like it's, yeah. I'm really hitting my stride. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's run down the list. Comedy and everything else mm-hmm. with and uh, Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore, the recently married <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Dore, Stephanie Zamorano. I understand he got married about the same time <laughs> that I got married. Yeah. So oh, that oh. kind of makes it like now we have kind of shared experiences, True. if you will. <laughs> You know, uh, at his, uh, at his, uh, oh, the meadows, you have the meadows. I, uh, what, what can his uh, palatial estate be called? Um, I guess it's, uh, the Pasadena palatial estate. I, I've got to come up with a better one. Well, let's see, uh, Pasadena. So the, why, don't you call it, why don't you call it Foothills? Oh, okay. Yes. Foothills. Yes. We're, we're, we'll we're, be, we'll be spending the summer at Foothills. Foothills. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I also do, uh, the David Feldman comedy podcast. Right. Which was recently picked up by KPFK. Oh my God. He has done his homework. I have done nothing. You know, and I have to tell you, you know, he's going to get an A plus. Done. You know. Done with this one. I have shitty at homework. <laughs> I said shitty too. And then I, oh, there goes our not explicit rating. Oh, that's all right. You, I, I saw explicit everywhere. I like it. And then um, I'm also a contributing writer on Jimmy Dore's a radio show on KPFK. And David Feldman got his show picked up at KPFK. Yeah. That so he'll, start, he'll do a half hour show instead of his hour segment or however long his podcast is now. He's doing an hour um, starting weekly. I'm not sure how soon he's going to start. I wonder if it's even this Friday. So. That's kind of fun because his yeah. show is very irreverent. I call it like a cross between a Prairie Home Companion meets South Park. That, that's a good comparison. So like a boring South Park? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, zing, Garrison Keeler! Bam! In <laughs> your on face! You. I'm on you. Mm-hmm. I'm on your heels. Um, I'd actually say it's entertaining, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd have to. Yes, you? I yeah. would, yes. So uh, that that's all I've been up to. You know. Right. Well, thanks a lot for stopping by. Thank you very much. It's Take been care. a delight. Oh. <laughs> I can do accents. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah. Well, that's uh, what I was going to say. You, you, I've heard you play many a character... On on David uh, Feldman's show, yes, and yeah. I, go ahead. Oh, just you. I, I'm under the impression you you all show up at the fake gallery mm-hmm. every once in a while, and then you just like crank it out. Yes. Yeah, so how the evening works? I, it's like one of, but I like the fake gallery, and that's over off of Heliotrope and Melrose. And and if you want to find out what's going on at the fake gallery, you go to fake. You, what is it? Fake dot com dot. C-O-M. Couldn't be any easier. Yeah. All right, for the people who don't understand how to find anything, they keep I'm writing. I'm confused. It's, it it's all words. Fake.com. Fake com. And oh, then. F-A-K-E-D-O-T-C-O-M. Mm-hmm. D-O-T dot C-O-M dot C-O-M. Wait, Gee, how many dots and how many coms? Your spelling is fabulous, right on the spot. You really. I failed in my spelling bee. Not uh, today. Not today, <laughs> sir. Or whatever it was. And so then what happens is they have a script. David Feldman usually sends you, like, a draft, and he, and he says, this is the final one at 4 o'clock. Not really this one. It's coming at 5.30. Hey, did you get the next one at 6.30? We got one more at 7, and we're already on route. And it's like, I don't know. But anyways, we get our script, and then we they, they divvy it up. But it's, it's, a, it's really fun. It's free when he does it at the fake gallery. But now, just last week, we started to do it at KPFK. He held it uh, Thursday night. At 8 p.m. at KPFK, and he had a small audience. Oh, okay. So he's doing it like a radio show oh, with cool. an audience Pretty in the room. Cool. That was nerve-wracking. <laughs> it was a little different because it was more intimate. It was like we're sitting here right, 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 this right. close, yeah. and then the audience is right here. And you got like, people just like hanging out yes. like, right next to you going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully I'm going to read no the words. No pressure. Mm-hmm. None at all. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, that's, I, it's just amazing. Um, and he has writers. There's like some really, you know... Uh, 
uh, he has a core group of writers and then they uh, submit and he welcomes the performers to submit as well. Um, but I'm like, yeah, they seem to be handling it just right. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Just give me my line. Yeah, every so often I'll... You're going to submit something. Yeah, eventually yeah, I'm going to. Yeah. Every so often I do submit something. He's really nice. He uh, David put it this way. Go ahead and submit something, Steph, so I can say no to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he put it probably darker than you Just know. write awesome idea on a piece mm-hmm. of paper. Awesome and I- then you can hand it to him and he can say no. And you're like, you nixed my awesome idea? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I- I'm going to do that. Do I'll- it. Do it. It's a perfect note. Hope, hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> Maybe he does. He's already going to know. Probably. Who, so, doesn't, who doesn't listen to this podcast? Uh, you know what? Uh, that's what I like to hear, gentlemen. That's right. I like to hear you've got positive. lots of listenerships. Positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have positive. to. Well, well, in positive. comedy and everything else, we say posy in 2010. <laughs> that's what I heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard we're going posy core. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm up for that. Do you know much about Posicore? I know nothing you? about it, but I'm completely going to be. If, if I understand right, right Posicore is an actual genre, whether perceived or purposeful, uh, of, of hardcore music, of like hardcore punk music, but with a positive message. So Posicore, and I, I think it's closely related um, to the I'm straight out. edge movement. I'm out. So yeah, I, I definitely remember though people uh, back in my my days of going to shows and stuff, like you know, keep it posy, you know. <laughs> yeah. Deep, I'm out. Not DIY do it yourself, DIT do it together. Oh, boo. It was like they oh. were trying to inject yeah. hippie dumb into the, the punk. See, see here's my here's my problem with that. I, I'm 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 for that until someone puts it like that. Right. I'm like totally pitch in, do it, let's do this together until someone says a slogan like that, then I'm out of here. I'm like <laughs> done and done. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So Oh, gotcha. I'll know not to say that. No, not that specifically. No, but, no, no. I'm not going to say like, it. Anybody who comes in <laughs> is like, let's go, kids, and whatever. And I'm like, um, I got to be over here and do something over here. <laughs> I'm, I'm out. So you're just a kind of a rebel. I think well, I, I I think a contrarian. Is, yes, I think a that's rebel, it. I think rebel implies that I I have some sort of other agenda. I, I really am. I think I do. Unlike contrarian. <laughs> well, but doesn't give you that same. Rebels, the connotation of rebel to me says that you're, you know, you're rebelling against something specific as opposed to everything. When somebody just puts something in my face. So, Gene, what are you contrary against? Everything, nothing. Oh. What do you got? What do you got? No. Oh. Now, how did you come up with Shaky Town Radio? Shaky Town is trucker lingo, like on their CB radios for Los Angeles, because we shake. We have earthquakes. Really? Yeah. True I'm glad story. I asked. True story. Glad that I asked that. Story. Oh, and you were just talking about how you did two episodes once because of an earthquake? Yeah, we actually split up our interview with Eli Braden uh, into two parts because... What earthquake? This was... It wasn't a huge one. It was It was just enough to be felt. It was um, It was enough to... It was, it was, I, I was the only one that felt it, actually. <laughs> it was a small tremor of two. It was the one... 2.1. No, no, it was, like a, it was like a four and a half, but it was out in the middle of the desert between here and, and San Diego. All right. And See, I was like, wait a minute. Are we having an earthquake? <laughs> and we were, sure enough. Yeah. You know, like as a teacher in school, when we have earthquakes, kind of the fun part is, uh-huh. you know, you really have to enjoy this. You, usually you just say, duck and cover. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then all the kids squeeze under the desks. And, you know, it's always like a little annoying when, you know, the kid is still like 80 pounds and they're completely under the desk, you know, when they're <laughs> freshmen. The seniors only that can get their head under the desk. And I usually I just tell my kids, I'm like, every so often I'm just going to say, duck and cover. Just to check your response, <laughs> and so I can be entertained, right. right? And they always go along with it. Why not? You know. Yeah, I would abuse that. I would abuse that authority. 
<laughs> I would. Anytime I was feeling bad, boom. First <laughs> <Earthquake laughs> yeah. drill, everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I like to be entertained in the classroom. That's right. a I real that's, key component. I think it's important. I had a girl the other day when we first started school. She raised her hand, and I was getting to know the kids. I don't even know how it was. And she goes, do you have a comedy podcast? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I want to keep as low profile as possible. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Very cool. But she's a really cute kid, and I was like, oh, I don't want to lie. Well, I guess I did. <laughs> See, you know, if I were that kid, I would just walk by and, like, you know, hum the Weezer song. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just walk by and be like... I think you should have said, I have an Everything Else podcast. Mm-hmm. I think Boom. so. Boom. Bam. Well, you know, it's like, I just want to keep it separate from the kids. But now it's like, you can... It's done. I, I was, It's done. Yeah. I was looking today at some of your demo reel. Mm-hmm. And there's comments like, hey, that's my teacher. <laughs> yes. Uh, I had one year, uh, I talked about this, one year um, I had a comment, and the manager that I had previously, really nice woman, had downloaded some stuff on the, you know, and kids were like, are you on YouTube? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't <laughs> even do that stuff. You know, my manager does a blah, blah, blah. And uh, so one day I got a really shitty comment. <laughs> <laughs> this is stupid. It's so funny. And you're like, all right, I get it. Whatever. I'm not your cup of tea. Go ahead and watch Carlos Mencia. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. You're in high school. It's okay. You know, you don't have to like me. I, do you, please don't leave a mean comment. And then I was like comforted later. Cause I went and started to look at other friends' website and like shitty comments everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's a line in it. So I, I went, who would, Who's mad at me that would write the shitty comment? And I went, mm. and I went and I, and I figured it out. I figured it out. Let's call him Corey. Let's call him Corey. So I looked at Corey. Is that Cor- his name? Because that would be awesome. Oh, no. It's not his <laughs> name. But we're, I, won't, I won't give the kid right. any credit whose name really is. So let's go with Corey. So Corey ends up. I go like this. I go, he's the kid we had an altercation with. I just like my radar was like, eh. So I go... I just wanted to figure out something. Oh, and he, he, let's say he said, uh, Grateful Dead was his name, right? right. Who wore the t-shirt every day to school called Grateful <laughs> Dead? Right. It would be Corey. So I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, matter of elimination, you're wearing the same t-shirt of the band that you sign in, in and out of, right? And he, That's and, internet detection. Right? right it's so yeah, ridiculous. That's one <laughs> That's one Don't wear Fundamentals. <laughs> right. So he ends up, I, I go, kids do journals and it's daily writing, whatever. Yeah. So I collect their journals just to kind of get, I wanted more clues just so I could find them. <laughs> yeah, you're, like, you're, you're like an FBI profile. Oh, you, yeah. You got to get into the mind. And this is all crazy commenter. about the kid who commented on my website. <laughs> right? I'm spending all this great time like, who's this kid? I nice. look. And I go through his journal, and I'm horrified by what he's writing. He is writing, like, usually I tell the kids, I'm like, hey, you know what? This is your daily journal. We're going to write creatively. You know, let's keep it PG-13, and I don't want to be shocked. I like to believe you're naive. And if you're <laughs> if you're working out any problems, just go to therapy. Get a new journal. Don't do it here. Okay? Right, right, right. So I give them the whole spiel. Private journal. Right. In a private journal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. All right. Talk shit anywhere else. So he ended up. Uh, saying, in short, that he wanted to pitchfork rape an administrator from... Yes, both of your faces just went out. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's not um, what I'm looking for. No, I don't think it's PG-13. Holy holy crap. (laughs) So I have to now 
refer him. Oh, great. He gets expelled. Ooh. My friend is in the There's meeting. a zero tolerance policy <laughs> against pitchfork rape, I think. Right? <laughs> I think so. He's back the following school year. Uh, they God. let a pitchfork creative writer <laughs> return to the campus. I'm like, what lesson could be learned? And uh, and every so often he'll go like this. Hi, Miss Amarano. I'm like, uh, gross. <laughs> hey, Pitchy. Hey, hey, Pitch, hey, Pitchfork. How's it forking? You know what his dad said at the meeting? His dad goes like this: Why'd you write it at school? Yeah, that that was the logic, Dad. All right, yeah. Because oh. if it was at home, then yeah. it would be totally fine. We keep our we we don't like to air our Pitchfork <laughs> raping in front of, of the public. Yeah. Can I? And I was like this: I'm like, you're writing all this horrific stuff every day, and I totally missed it. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Yeah. Wow, wow, that's mm-hmm. crazy, isn't it? That is yeah. totally crazy. How how long have you been teaching now? Well, I've been teaching since I was five for about twenty years. So okay. you guys do the math, we'll do the right? Math. Okay, makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, yeah. I've been. It's really kind of wild. Uh, but I've taught uh, preschool through college. Mm. So I have really a diverse experience there with the go. educational system, if I that have, matters. I've got a couple of friends. One's on the admin track. Uh, I don't know how he's doing. I'm talking recently, but and, and his wife is a teacher as well. And just their stories from. Oh yeah, my wife's a preschool teacher, yeah. so um, it's, it's, she's got a pretty cool set of parents. But there's people who come to the school and decide not to attend after all. And there's all. It, it seems like there's always some weird thing. People are weird. Yeah. So, really so you get to meet them all. Kids. People oh. are really weird. People yeah. are really weird. I think being a teacher is like, <laughs> I think the only thing that's weirder than being a teacher is probably like being a cop or like an ER nurse. Or like a corrections officer at a prison. I think a cop and an ER nurse is sort of like combined as like a corrections officer. Yeah. 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 But, see a, but see, a correction officer in prison only sees that segment of the population that manages to get caught and sentenced to a prison. I think cops and ER nurses see everybody. Yeah, you know, and, and I think teachers and teachers teachers see everybody too, because only the most, you know, and you're, backwoods Appalachian or homeschooled kids, which uh, some may homeschool. Per, don't per, get me started. Per, pejoratively say are backwoods Appalachian kids. Um, the uh, you know everybody everybody goes to school at some point. Well, I first you know like thank God I don't have to deal with uh, fluids. Like a, a nurse, or oh my god, yeah, yeah. you know. But yeah. uh, I, I think you get, I think you get a tolerance for that. I think you get a tolerance for that. I mean, if you if you don't have the the you know, if you have a strong stomach, you can make it past that. But I, don't, I wouldn't want to do it either. I don't understand how anybody's in the medical field. Period. Yeah, you know, like you have to like examine people's body parts. Well, I think you. I think I you want know. you to take your time and think about that. Well, the body part you don't want to examine. Yeah, no, I, I think that you. Well, that's why I think the, the really specialists, the urologists and the proctologists, are the really crazy doctors, the <laughs> extra crazy doctors. You know, it's like I just, I just, you know, been fascinated with people's butts. Yeah, you know that. I just want to make a career of it. <laughs> you know, oh, I, I. Hey, look, it's my mom getting ice. And we're back. And we're back. I just want to point out. <laughs> That my mom lives with me. I do not live with my mother. Oh, <laughs> Fair right. enough. Just saying. That's a that's a that's a big commitment. Yeah, it is. Well, what are you gonna do? Yeah, parent. Yes, yes, <clears throat> I hear you on that. 
We yeah. were we were scrabbling around for uh, we we had some schedule changes and we were trying to figure out a guest uh, to to get on the show. And Brody's like, "Hey, let's interview your mom. That'll be interesting." And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> she has stories. My she does have stories. She has awesome stories. But my on on podcast suicide will also probably <laughs> put an end to this. Um, you know, uh, I was actually at UCB one night for Poppin' Politics, and I believe uh, you and your mom were hanging out. Oh yeah, my mom was probably there. Yes, yeah. my mom comes and. Uh, uh, she's pretty uh, interesting woman, and I don't want her at all listening to any podcast that I do. And she goes like this, oh, I listen to it every so often. I'm like, why? You don't have to worry about it. I want to really be able to talk about anything and not feel guilty about it. Right. You know, that's kind of the you thing. You should write those things in your private journal. If you want. <laughs> private journal, I know. And I just would, you know, like... Uh, that's what, you know, comics talk about are the personal elements of your yeah. life. And it's yeah. it's kind of, you know, like I'll tell Jim, I'm like, talk about it. Not a big deal. Go ahead. Talk about it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, I don't want to talk about my mom. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Yeah, it's like, I know this person, a family member of mine. Let's call her Blom. Right. <laughs> like, how can you disguise that? And, you know, you, really can. you can't. And, and the dynamic between a parent and a sibling is very different than... And you know, a story from your personal life with a friend. Right. The stakes are a little higher with yeah, yeah. with family members. Yeah. So yeah. We've, we've had this discussion. We've actually talked about it. I think maybe we haven't talked about it on the air. Maybe I don't know. But I know uh, that uh, I. Yeah, my family avoiding, kind of freaks out about avoiding. Anything. Yeah, I, I'm kind of like I. I don't know. I talk about my, whatever. My, I mean, I, I'm a. I'm a. I would, you know, potentially aspiring screenwriter or whatnot. And my family's just nervous when there's a character that resembles them in some way or something in our family. Like, why are you writing about that? That's nobody's business. I'm like, I'm just taking real life things and letting them inspire the story. You know? Yes, that's every writer. Yeah. You know, when my mom comes to uh, the show Pop and Politics, uh, I, my mom's a conservative. I would say that my mom is pretty conservative, which is shocking. Like, how long did it take me to figure that out? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, you know, she was raised in the church, and she's been Protestant all her life, and which is very confusing, being a Protestant Mexican. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. I have no connection with my people. They're all Catholic. Jimmy's more Mexican than me, being yeah. Catholic. <laughs> right, right. But when she comes to his show, she loves Jimmy. She'll, she's happy. He could say whatever, whatever crazy liberal thing. She finds it great. But yeah. like, when, <laughs> but if it's, uh, but then sometimes, like you know how uh, Paul Gil Martin does a character, uh, Representative uh, Richard Martin, right. and, yep. and he said something scathing about Latinos because he's so like har- you know, harsh kind of character and my mom at the end goes i didn't really appreciate his closing remarks (laughs) (laughs) we'll note that in the record (laughs) and it it was because he does that moment where like sometimes i'll ask him a question and he'll dismiss me which i think is funny i think it's funny like somebody's talking out in the audience and he'll like slam you which is perfect but my mom was very protective and uh she hasn't been back (laughs) no so that was kind of the straw no no, not at all. <laughs> it's ten o'clock at night, so maybe that might that be, might it be it sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I have a hard time getting out to the ECB <laughs> at late nights mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. So now that's the interesting to me, though, is that she would be offended by that, but the people she's voting for, you know, the stuff that they're putting forward. I'm from Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The whole SB 1070 mess that I think is all pretty much been thrown out at this point and that governor uh, governor brewer has pretty much embarrassed herself hopefully out in the election 
at this point, but it's still too soon to tell. I just think the Democrats just don't get their message out. I think they're they're weak, and I want, and I'm curious why they don't get their message out. I'm curious why the Republicans seem to have, or the conservatives seem to have, like a machine about getting yeah. their propaganda out, and the Democrats kind of like they're wimps, and it's like, ugh. I, I, I honestly think it's because um, conserv- because the conservative social and, and okay, I will caveat this with Firstly, I love that you're gonna caveat anything. <laughs> politics makes my head hurt. We try not to talk about politics. <laughs> it's not a it's not a hard and fast rule and we end up talking about it every now and again. <sighs> but I hate it so very much. More than furries? More than what? Furries. He's not mm, a fan a good, of furries. That's a good question. No, not a fan of vampires. Fur, furries, well, no, I'm okay with... All right, why am I so lame and I don't know what furries are? Oh, my God, really? No, that means uh, that you're a good and you, decent you, person who hasn't yeah, been corrupted. Yeah, you haven't been tainted by the by the interwebs. Oh. Um, Do you want to tell her, shall I? Uh, well, let me, let me get my, let me get my, my caveat will return out. to that. Politics makes my head hurt. However, I think that the grassroots processes that right-wing organizations go through, the proselytizing, and this is going to be a really broad generalization, but I think fundamentalist Christian proselytization is a machine. It's a machine, and they have that... In place. In place. And the the conservative demagogues that have been so very successful when liberal demagogues have not, the Rush Limbaugh's of the world and all the crazy talk radio people... Um, I think that plays into a much more sort of way the conservative world works. Oh, I think so. Yeah, and I think the liberal. I think the the problem is is whenever you try and mobilize a you know progressive um, uh, machine, it tends to fall apart in its own weight. Whereas you know, <clears throat> there's a reason why there's a reason why fascism is appealing and everyone marching <laughs> in lockstep is is something easy to do and has been done multiple times in multiple places over the years. Whereas I think progressive free thinking relies on the individual rather than on the machine. And, you know, I heard somebody else talk about like having, you know, uh, like progressives on the same page. There's all of these, you know, everybody has kind of like this, this big array of where you stand on an issue where they're not so lock and step. Yeah, dogma. I mean, that's the thing. Dogma works for a reason. Dogma is like you can point to this list of things, and this is what we all believe in, and which is which is which the, the inflexibility is the blessing and the curse of that sort of fundy conservative, what everybody calls the really t- completely typical red state stuff, where it's like you know, it's like I believe in this, and I can't make I can't change my mind, or I won't change my mind. Because that invalidates the whole thing. I mean, it's a house of cards in a lot of ways, when, especially when a hot-button issue comes up that tests that sort of thing. Like, hey, let's kick all the Mexicans out of Arizona. Hmm, we'll do it one traffic stop at a time. <laughs> and, you know, that's just that, that gets to the point of ridiculousness where, you know, it's, it's a tipping point. And in a country like ours where there's a, you still have a 50-50 split between essentially, you know, liberal and... Bloods and the Crips. The Bloods and the Crips. Yeah. And uh, and then there's the few like weirdos like me that don't fall into either of those camps. But um, but yeah, you know, I, I think it's I, I think we're lucky that we have a balance. It cripples things in the long run, but I think it doesn't allow for really stupid things to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. really dumb things to happen. So yeah. that's my fault. That's politics for me. I, I like it. I like it. But now now we're going to go back to the segue of first. Oh, okay. All right. Let me do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I, I found a really good way, though. No, go do it. Do, do, do. Try to check this. 
You know how when there's people in the intimate act, and some people... Intercourse? Yes. Okay. Um, I didn't know if it was the intimate act of the internet. Like, all of a sudden, I was like, what? Like, I'm accessing. We call it that. It's special for us. Look, you should know you have a podcast. Right, right, right. When you're intimate, got it. You have some people are into role play and costumes and things like that, like leather or whatever. So I've got a story for you. Go on. Oh, okay. excited to hear that So, there's some people who are into that who like to wear animal costumes right. at the time. I think they were the people that got little boners when they watched Bugs Bunny. Yeah. So. And it's a subculture. It's totally a subculture. But here's the thing. They dress up in costumes? Yes, they do. In in animal animal costumes? A certain certain segment of them, it's a sexual fetish for. But there's a larger section that just enjoys the role-playing aspect of it. Okay. Here's the problem. Here's where the Venn diagram of Gene and Furries meet. (laughs) There are some things that I am interested in, which apparently furries are interested in comics or you know role-playing games or things like that and 30 percent of the time when i'm searching for esoteric stuff on the web i get results that are from a furry bent point of view and every time it happens i'm just like they're like my foes they they're like my foes they do not know it but they have made a powerful (laughs) oh they'll know it now they have made a powerful enemy Furries. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a okay. real thing. Why? How do I not know these things? What else in this universe don't I, I know about? I couldn't possibly Man. tell you. I couldn't possibly tell. Okay, you. but let's say you were a furry. Sure. Okay. Just for conversation yeah. sake, what animal would you be? Bear, definitely bear. You'd be a bear. Look at me. I got a beard. Okay. I'd like to go. Rawr! <laughs> you know, stick my arms up. I've been known to eat honey. It's not oh. vegan technically. What about? What about? I like to do agave. What about picnic baskets? Oh, love Are you picnic. For or against the picnic basket? I'm, I'm always for a good pro picnic basket. Pro picnic right. basket. Mm-hmm. You probably would be a bear then. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I think most people would say I would be a bear. I don't know what I'd be. I don't even think about that very much. Um, I, want you be a, I want you to be a little open. I'm not trying to think. It. I haven't thought about it. I need. I need some time. Are, for are, can, can you? Can, so you have to. A furry has to have fur. Right. I think so, so okay, that well, would be. I don't know. Technically, I think nobody's going to be, be like a dolphin. dolphin. I think you could be a dolphin. No, I think you could. Oh, I bet. I bet you. I there, if you can think it, if you can think it, stay out there I somewhere. I guarantee. I had a friend. Or a snake. You... Or, there's like dragons. Technically, dragons oh. and unicorns and stuff that isn't even real. Right, right. Oh, like, your unicorns aren't. What? How much am I going to learn on this podcast? <laughs> this is amazing. Don't you know unicorns were hunted to extinction in the 1860s? Oh, all right. That's what that's all cleared up. Oh, I had a friend recently. She's uh, dating this man, and uh, uh, he's from New Zealand. And he was flying into town Labor Day weekend, and I was over at her home, and she goes, "Well, come on in here." And like, there's some people that are very free about their sexuality. Sure. Blah blah blah. Good for them. I'm happy. Okay, um, I'm not going to like share stuff with my mom, with my right. sister. Blech, gross. And I'm not. I don't even want to hear when somebody goes. And then we made love. Oh, the intimate act kind of made me nervous. Right? Just I'm like, glad what? you. I'm glad you worked it in. Uh, so she goes like this. She goes, look, and she starts pulling. She goes, look, I have a pirate's outfit, and she shows me a patch and a cute little outfit, oh. you know. And then she goes, and then I have this outfit, which uh, maybe was a kitty cat, and then another outfit where she was going to be a fairy. I don't know. So this is what she's doing for her man that she's starting to date. She's decided uh, that she puts every costume in a bag. And when he arrives for a week, he gets to choose a bag a day. (laughs) 
to spice it up. I hope he's in. I hope he's into that. Wait, you you really think a man's not going to be into that? I don't. I'm not particularly into that. You wouldn't. Okay, no, 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 no. no. I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. This is at the very beginning stages. (laughs) See what I'm saying? Distance thing. Yeah, it's like here's here's. Here's a buffet of choices for yeah, you, honey. But, but it's almost like it's almost like a cruise ship kind of thing. Like I don't know if you've ever been on a cruise, but they like overfeed you, and there's always a buffet. And then there's like the midnight lobster buffet and like the chocolate fountain buffet. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's nice to just sit down and have a nice ham and eggs breakfast. It's not you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be like you know champagne fountain and you know foie gras all the time. Sure, sure, that sure. That seems to me to be a little. Well, that I, well, let me. I, and what I if think. he's totally? What if he's totally into that? And that's the tone and tenor of their relationship. What if she moves to New Zealand and he's like, "Oh, well, it's going to be time for the pirates," you know? And it's like, uh, maybe I just want to take a nap, or maybe whatever. Right, right, right. I, I like how you David. troubleshoot the whole thing inside Slippery and out. Slope. Yeah, you just well, I saw it as first off, I was like, how inventive. Sure. I would never take the time for any of that stuff. <laughs> right. That's a lot of work. I mean, that's a, first you got to get the bags. Yeah. And then she, and then she would show me like a little mask, like it was one of those like um, Commedia dell'arte masks. And she goes, "How about this one?" Oh, yeah, and like it was little, like just covering her eyes. Mask, yeah, yeah, something from yeah. So it's like, and I thought it was all very inspiring if you were into that. Right. But uh, you fellas, it's very funny. Jean's like, I don't know. I, well, I'm, 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 I, I would say you know. Every now and again, but man, if that seems like work, uh, well, I think I mean, that seems like well, you know, if you well, if you don't, if either one of those folks don't like that, man, that could be the worst thing ever. I have a feeling she already knew he would like okay. it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it was something that that I think she knew it was tickle his fancy. So how, how, how long have they been going out? <laughs> oh, it's all very recent. Oh, it, see, see, so this might be one. This of those is the honeymoon where, stage where uh, where she's uh, like, look uh, at this, huh? How about so, this? Bag? So maybe he like maybe he like made like a passing. See, I'm already I'm like. I'm figuring out how this is going to get to auger in. Um, you know, maybe he like made a passing comment of like, I like pirates. And then suddenly it's all pirates all the time. We're like, I like apple pie. And it's like, apple pie for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Here's your slice of apple pie. I'm like, She's my friend who took me to the Hustler store on Sunset. And she said, look at this. You know, here's some other products. And I'm like, oh, I'm not a part of this culture. This yeah. doesn't. So uh, people who go to the Hustler store. Always seem to have an agenda. I have noticed because I had. <laughs> uh, I will tell this story, <clears throat> and I don't know. I, I'm, no, I'm sure I haven't told this on the. I know I've told somebody recently this story, but I haven't told this. I told you this story when we were driving over to Ann Beat's house. I had a friend who he, we were out. Uh, a friend and his wife. We were out going to a show on on Sunset, and we had to wait to get in the show. So we went to the hustler store. And where everybody goes, when everybody you have a goes. show to wait for. Right? Yeah, well, it was, right? It was, it was like, You're yeah. right there on yeah, Sunset. Totally. There, there's the interesting store. I'm never going to, totally. I'm never in this area just to go to the Hustler. Well, we yeah. drag, we got dragged in there. Mm-hmm. And I don't care. I mean, I'm porn- pornography, whatever. I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, but one of the people that took us there was very much like the shock value kind of thing. Look at this. I don't like this. So we went, we got dragged into the gay porn section. And, uh, you had a lot to look at, I bet. Two things. <laughs> two things. Two things I learned about gay porn. One, there's a brand of gay pornography that has the best name ever, and that's Buckshot Brand Video. Ask for <laughs> it by name. Um, and two, there was a cover of this uh, gay porn mag, and it had, or video, and it had um, this guy dressed like a construction worker on, like, a bulldozer with the stick shift 
right, right. Up the wazoo. Ah, uh, that's and, entertaining. And all, yeah, I guess there's a segment of the population for which that is an awesome thing. Which, and good on them. The only thing I could think of is, did they rent that bulldozer? <laughs> right. And if so, the guy at Ditch Witch, when they returned it, was like, hey, uh, we got 815 back in. Um, I was out there uh, cleaning up, and it kind of smells like ass in there. <laughs> and that's the only, so I'm busting up in the hostel store, and it's obvious that you know, I was not being shocked. But it seems like the people, kind of people that drag you into a hostel store want you to be shocked. I, yes. Yeah. Y- y- and you know what? I am. I'm you, always a, I'm always a little surprised. I'm like, really? That looks like a handy gizmo. Are you surprised? <laughs> but see, surprise is all right. I was surprised to see, you know, excavation equipment used for, utilized for purposes that were not their design. But we're... we're but the shocking thing, I oh, think the, people want to be shocked. I think sexuality can be really shocking. You mm. know, like, it's always so surprising. Like, you know, like, I, I just learned about the furries. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You but know? it's not necessarily, to be perfectly honest, for two, I mean, I must give my foes their due. It's not always about the sex part. It's it's the grody part is the sex part. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think you could say that about general reproduction. Right. Overall. Right. So. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess, uh, for me, maybe I'm just... Uh, my friend, she's, you know, Lisa is a little bit wilder when it comes to that kind of stuff. And she's, very, and I like that. Like, I like somebody who's very like, hey, man, let's go to Hustler and maybe, like, let me help you pick something out. No. You know, like, I like that somebody's that open about it. It's right. natural. Your sexuality yeah. is something you should own. It's okay. And I'm like, I, that's nice. I like that. Like, I like having that in my life. Right. I don't necessarily, you know, it's. Right. But I think that doesn't the, have to be an everyday thing. See, and I think this is the problem is, is it's, and it's also a very personal thing. And right. I think that there, there's a there's a you know there's a line that you know people may sh- often should not cross, <laughs> and just because you're hella comfortable with it doesn't mean everyone. Right. Is. So I I've know. never been confronted with a furry in my life. Like I think if somebody like if a man if I had d- dated somebody and he dressed up as a furry. I don't know what I would think. At first, I think I would think it was a joke. Right, right. <laughs> you know, that he'd come out in some sort of bear outfit right. and like, come on. I was like, really? Okay, I'm on board. I'll try it. But I don't know what the uh, the payoff would be for me. I wonder if, if like, like furries, like people who believe in past lives, like no one is ever like, I was an Egyptian peasant and I died of, you know, of dysentery working right. on the pyramids. You know, everyone's like, oh, I was Marie Antoinette or I was one of the courtiers to whatever. Maybe like, it, are, is, I wonder if furries are like, I'm like a bear. Like, no one's like, I'm an armadillo. I'm the only animal besides man that can get leprosy. Right, right. So, like, do, are there any, you know, people who are like shitty animals? <laughs> Wait a minute. You're the only, is that really true? Armadillos yeah. are the only ones who get Armadillos and humans are the only animals that can get leprosy. And you knew this? I did not know this. Okay, good. Because I, I, I was wondering, because you kind of like sat there like, oh, look it up. It's basic factual information that you would have been able to glean, you it's, know, yeah, like yeah. By, by graduating high school. I feel like constantly, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying to catch up to the learning curve. Like, you know, first, armadillos, furries. This is amazing, John. Well, I think you're, I think you're, yeah, you just don't, you know, it's, it could be boggling at first. Mm-hmm. I just, just have to be you're open on, to sol- it. You're on solid ground. I, I would imagine that you <clears throat> discover, like, I'm, I'm now, like, when I turn on the radio, I, like, I don't recognize any of the songs on the radio anymore. And I wasn't even before when I was, you know, the age of, like, your students, teenagers, things like that. I never listened to, like, pop music much in the first place. I was getting, you know, punk records at the store, mm-hmm. at the 
little music shop and stuff. But I would imagine that you just have a bird's eye view of like what's going on in youth culture, and it just must be horrifying. I oh. mean, beyond beyond pitchforks and journals, like I mean, there's got to be just and and the way kids express their sexuality now too. I mean, I say keep it to themselves. Yeah, um, I don't see it very often. I happen what whatever. Whatever has happened in the universe that's, uh, you know, I've got some really good kids this year. So whatever shenanigans they're up to. Yeah. Like, I look at kids, you know, like when I was in high school, I was pretty much, you know, pretty even keel. But, you know, as far as their sexuality, I think everybody's like fooling themselves that they're not having sex. Right. Why wouldn't you have sex? You know, like you don't know the real consequences of it. It just feels great. Yeah, you know? yeah totally. And, uh, well, I, speaking as a as a dude that was in high school, I would have had as much sex as I possibly could. Have. And, and you know, however, I, I did not. Well, I think it's also you know, like I think the reason why having talks with your kids about sex is so difficult is because what are you going to say? It feels great. Yeah. You know, you get the right partner, it's all going to work out, you know, furries accepted 100%. <laughs> you know, like, I'm, you know, oh, so like a mascot, a school mascot yes. is a furry. Yes, okay, absolutely. I'm going to look at the Falcons a little a- different this year. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know. Uh, that, was, that was the best epiphany we've had on the show. <laughs> but I, you know, like, uh, I. I Rarely do I see anything that's like off the chart or anything. I remember though, I went to like a junior high dance a couple years ago, like 10 years ago, and they're like bumping and grinding into each other during a dance. And I'm like, really? Are you kidding me? Like things are touching. Honestly, like there was like such a whole nother level of this is just how we dance. That was, that would be the generational gap there. That's so crazy. I was at a, a birthday party for um, a, a good friend of uh, of mine and Megan's. Uh, my, my wife, my, my wife and I, uh, we have these friends, and there's a 15 uh, year old uh, boy, and so it feels weird calling him a boy now that he's like 15. He's like becoming a young man. In most societies, he would have been, you know, long right. since, you know, well, he's crushing been... the skulls of his enemies and <laughs> bringing in a he's... nice. Ox he's actually Jewish, and he has had his bar mitzvah. So oh, he's, he's a man. He's a man. He's a dude. Yeah. And like him and all his friends from high school being at the party, and I just like, wow, I can see why now, when I was a teenager, adults always looked at me suspiciously because I see all these kids around, like they they can't be up to any good. They're, I know they're, they're not. That's they're the doing thing. something. Oh, they're, I was. They're I, smoking something or stealing something or, or thinking or, about smoking or, or thinking about or smoking or maybe stealing, stealing something and smoking it. it. Yeah. Hmm. Those kids. <laughs> I, I had a kid that would tell me all the, the uh, over-the-counter drugs he would steal. Yeah. Because he, he was in rehab, so he would give me mm. all, you know. The list of Yeah, the 411. And, like, we got this, I got this. And I'm like, oh, what are you doing? I wasn't really, that, you know, that wasn't my thing, stealing yeah. or drugs. Right. But it does sound fun. <laughs> I, I will confess to doing some stealing, but I would never do any drugs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pack of gum. When I was four, I stole. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't. I was a late bloomer, and I was kind of a goody goody. He just he started stealing a couple weeks ago. <laughs> just, right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, right. And he's totally high, right? Now. <laughs> Excellent. He's totally high. But I mean, you know, we ditch class every once in a while and go off campus, things like that. But and, you know, and that's oh, a ditching. Oh, if ditching was really a crime, I would be in prison for life. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, I spent a hell of a lot of time not in school. And, and when I was living in Vegas, the Vegas school district rules were like three unexcused absences or four, and they shit canned you for the school year. Oh. Oh, yeah. They were hard. That was, that's a done you had to go, deal. You had, yeah. to go, you had to go, like, you had to, like, go to, like, Votech or something if you, if you got booted out of, of the school. What yeah. school did you go to? Wow, uh, where? <laughs> well, what was your high school that you went to? Um, I, I went to uh, ninth grade. I went to Vegas High. Tenth grade, oh. I went to Valley High in Vegas. Uh, got booted out of there. Went to Henry Ford High in Detroit for part of tenth grade. Came back to Vegas to finish out the last couple of weeks of tenth grade at Chaparral High because apparently there's uh, apparently either they didn't catch this and this might have screwed me out later in in life, but but they let me back into Chaparral High in Vegas, even though I'd gotten expelled at the beginning of the school year. Anyway, 11th grade, Gardena High. 12th grade, back to Vegas High. And I walked out of class. Because in 12th grade, I went back to Vegas High. <clears throat> they said, we can't find your transcripts. I'm like, I had, you know, we need to put you in freshman English and freshman math because we can't find your transcripts. And I said, the teacher I had freshman English with who I just spoke to is two doors down from the freshman English class you put me in. Why don't you go talk to her? And they're like, we can't do that. I sat down. I sat down. Some freshman Mm -hmm. meathead gave me shit for being whatever I was at the time, 17 years old in a freshman English class. And I said, you know what? I've had a job before. I don't need to put up with this shit. And I walked out of Vegas High and I never went back. Never went back. Well, you know, I, th- I think, you know, high school teaches, you know, you know, it's just like a factory. So you have a yeah. lot of kids there. You know, you have to yeah. teach. And, you know, and some kids are done with that learning curve. They've already figured out. They already have independent life skills and they yeah. can show up and do things. That's where you were. And it's kind of like... Yeah. Uh, that's the problem with public education because it doesn't really meet the, the variety. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, here we go. Industrial age. Let's go ahead and just teach. You know, you're in rows. You're in lockstep. Let's go. Think yeah. creatively in lines. Well, there's, <laughs> there's, um, and I'm trying to remember, I'll have to do some research on this, but I, but I, I heard about, um, there was a critique of our educational system based around the fact that it's, um, the, the, the thesis is that our education system is, is built on the Prussian model that is designed to essentially make a compliant industrial society. No kidding. And everything is bent. That the, the Prussian model is where we get our rigid classes and, you know, and, and constant progression. And um, I'll have to do some more research on it because I wanted to read about it and I just thought about it now that we were, we're talking about it. But all the, all the learning, I, I've always been a self, you know, I, I, I've known how to read since before I can remember. And I've, I would have to say 90% of the learning I've done is on my own. And um, I've had some teachers that are inspiring. and um, But almost all of the stuff that I learned from them, I learned after the regular class was over. And the one good thing about at least the curriculum at Gardena High. And, that, and that's here. Gardena, California, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, South Bay. That's the, only, I, that's the only year of high school I did in the greater Los Angeles area was at Gardena. But the good thing about LAUSD is their their stuff was so rigid. Once once I finished the dumb quiz that was being required the teacher to give me, I could go talk to him about 
when he was in Korea fighting the Chinese or whatever. And, you know, it's like my English, my history teachers and my English teacher, my English lit teacher, comp teacher was um, uh, really good in 11th grade. And, and I had some really good teachers. But other than that, man, it was a pain in my ass. Huge pain in my ass. School boo. Well, they don't want you leaving early. They get money for the students. They get ADA. Oh, yeah. oh, so yeah. they want you there. They yeah, want yeah. you to stay there as long as possible. I'm like, well, yeah. you know, I, I say you enjoy the high school experience as long as you can. Stand it. You know, yeah. show up, get, you know, whatever life skills you need. Yeah. But I just think, like, oh, come on, give me a class on credit cards. Give me a class on life skills. Give right. me a class on how you live <laughs> in the real world, how much it costs, how do you balance this, yep. how do you do a loan, what should you check when you get a loan. Holy smokes. Like, yeah. everything is, they is frightening home, they need a financially. They a home ec class for those basic skills, you know, um, and... I'll tell you this, though. Being someone who I, – I think I have um, dyscalculia, the, the math version of dyslexia, because I've always had a problem with, with math. I'm, I'm great at English. I have great English skills. But um, I am a good I am a good talking person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, person. So you can transfer it to writing and communicating. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, if you're an idiot for math and you're really ridiculously retarded like I was, they do teach you that. The, the remedial classes are the only classes I ever had that were like, let's do arithmetic to balance your checkbook. You know, it's like, I can do that sort of thing. I mean, mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. like I'm that. But once you start getting into fractions and things like that, or, or like, you, not fractions, but like, like, you know, lowest common denominator and, div, you know, dividing stuff mm-hmm. up, I'm kind of like, that's where I'm starting to check out. And algebra, no, oh, you're talking about things that aren't there. Hey, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> you know. <clears throat> yes. The people that teach math know math. They get yeah. it. Yeah. I need somebody who didn't get math to teach me math. Like, they right. would know yeah. how to, like, inside and out figure it out yeah. for me. But I have to tell you, like, I read this one book, and it was called, um, oh, it was the Susie Orman book about 2009, you know, whatever that was. And I found it to be very useful. Mm-hmm. But it's just one writer. She's not necessarily the end yeah. all. I think she's yeah. a little too conservative about her financial views. I wanted to talk to you about this specifically because... You uh, were talking about Susie Orman um, at one point uh, on your podcast mm-hmm. on comedy and everything else. Um, I was curious if you knew about Dave Ramsey. He is one of uh, another author who talks about debt elimination and things like that. I don't know. So what do I need yeah. to get? Um, well, he has a website, uh, mytotalmoneymakeover.com. Love it already. Yep. Uh, he also has daveramsey.com. He, and he hosts a radio show, he has a TV show, the whole nine yards. Is he the older guy? Yeah. With glasses? Glasses. I've seen him a couple times. Okay, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. That's who that is, okay. Yeah. I know a little something. I have not seen him. (laughs) Okay, this is actually what I base, my wife and I base our finances on, is his system. And it's been great, because when I first moved to LA four years ago, I'm like, I, you know, I was struggling to, like, break into the production side of the entertainment industry Mm -hmm. and not making a lot of money, and I had long just kind of paid for my life through student loans and things like that. And, yeah, getting on the system kind of helped me, you know, and it's just basically a a zero-dollar budget where every dollar is already spent on paper, you know, for the month ahead. You you do, uh, you know, your minimum payments, at least on all your debts and any extra money that you have after your home expenses, you know, that goes towards your debts. It's just like these baby steps, like this whole plan and stuff. But I think, and he too, uh, 
and he's definitely against like no more debt don't use a credit card anymore <clears throat> and i know Susie orman's much more about like oh yeah do this with your credit card and you can play it she's like this she's also kind of the way of like you can't afford it don't do it and you're like yeah. oh, really <laughs> Really, my, my, you know, my family, you know, I have, my parents are in their 70s. I'm really not going to go to Europe because I need to save it. I need to save this money. So, like, it's, it's kind of be ba- have some balance yeah. in how you're yeah. managing your money. And I personally think credit scores, they're a way to keep the people down. Totally. totally. Well, see, this is what totally. I was going to say. I, Absolutely. I, I think that... Feel bad about yourself because yeah, yeah, yeah. you right. don't have something over 700 yeah. or whatever. Right, right. You're a failure. I think I think the the thing that, that these plans lack is the important step of taking out all the people in the banks and putting them up against the wall and shooting them. <laughs> because that I think is absolutely true. The credit scores are there to keep people down, and 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 all this stuff is the, the part that kills me about all of this stuff: the the credit crunch and the mortgage crisis and all this. Mm-hmm. And, and is these are just dudes like us who sat in a room and said, you know. I think we could make money doing this sort of thing. Yeah, really? Yeah, all we need to do is convince a bunch of people. The only thing keeping it from being a crazy Ponzi scheme is the fact that these guys were bankers and real estate tycoons and, you know, and, and you know, moguls. It's like, they're, it's nuts that it's just people making stuff up, making stuff up. These, yeah. these kind of securities never existed before the mortgage crash. They just, just made it up. Mm-hmm. We can package all these and sell them and... Then get people to buy more, and it's like, oh. Well, I'd always heard that. How come these people are flayed and pinned (laughs) buildings? How how does not one person from Wall Street... It not being held accountable. It's it's crazy, yeah. you know. Yeah, totally. We're so worried about the immigrant population who's really, hold, you know, holding us down here in America right. that we don't care about the Wall Street. The big, right. and I think the reason why we don't care about Wall Street is because they're too big. They're not. They're not attainable. We can't knock them down. You yeah, know, we right. we can see that kind of like that immigrant face and go, oh, they're 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 draining the system. They're t- sending their kids to school. But come on, you know, yeah. I can't wait, and I I can't wait. Not to have debt on a credit card. Yeah. And, you know, it's like that generation that went through the Depression. Yeah. Everybody's like, uh, screw it. You pay for cash. You pay everything. Yeah. And there's generations now that are going to have to figure this out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think if I think if, if, if the powers that be had their way, we would have, you know, we would have debtors' prisons. You know, they would all be working for <laughs> Citibank. You know, yeah. breaking rocks and doing whatever, working in call centers or something. Well, you know what? That, that's that's interesting. Debtors' prison when they they made money off of bad debts, mm-hmm. so they just pass along everything. Right. 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 Oh. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is these securities, these these financial instruments that these people come up with, are it's like it's crazy. It's it's Vegas with no rules. Yeah. It's like. You want to make money off of something that's losing money? Sure, we can figure out a way to do that. You want to make money bundling stuff that's bad? Sure. You want to make, try and make money off of top? I'm sure someone's figured out a way to make money off of those toxic assets already. You know, it's like, and, and what's the next thing that's going to come along? You know, it's like, I don't know. Well, I know one little thing that I, it, when I started to like read barely about finances and stuff, I read one, another book, don't even know the name of it. And the one recommendation was you get a jar and you just throw your change in it. Yeah. That you just do that. Right, okay. And so I got to tell you, I did it, uh, I uh, wanted some wanted some money for the summer, and I ended up like cashing three of our spaghetti jars. They were nice. almost awful. I got almost one hundred and ninety dollars from those spaghetti jars. Nice. This house was um, uh, our landlord um, had a balloon payment. We were doing like a lease 
we would rent or rent a, a, an option to buy it. And really, we had to. You know, this was years ago. This was before the mm-hmm. before the yeah, crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah, before the craziness. Um, went back when buying a house wasn't like you know buying a super tanker. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we had a jar of change, and um, she flaked out on our on our um, on the deal that we had, and we had to come up with cash at the last minute, and literally. Two, like I think it was sparklets bottles. So oh yeah, the old sparklets bottles. Like two hundred, like like two hundred and fifty bucks in change made the difference between getting this out that and and an inheritance from a grandparent, and and that was the difference between getting this house and not getting this house. Mm-hmm. So throwing change into a jar is an awesome way. So of you're telling me change works in jars. Change in jars works. Mm-hmm. I, works. I agree. This I agree. Is what Obama was talking about. He was talking about change. Change. <laughs> right. Oh, is that it? I hope you're joking. <laughs> so you live in Pasadena now, and mm-hmm. you're a, a native of Los Angeles. Yes, I am. Um, I can tell you lots of things about Los Angeles as a native. <laughs> I used to go to Alvera Street with my family. Me too. Right? And they would sit me on the donkey to take the picture. Mm-hmm. Horrible experience. <laughs> yeah, Horrible. The donkey's awful. They, they would have you sit on the donkey that was ready to bite you every mm-hmm. time. Oh, they have stuff now. They don't even have a donkey. Oh, they... Yeah, it's not uh, really Probably the same donkey. Yeah. Yeah, and the last time I was there, because we took a picture of one of the guys from uh, work. We all went there for, um, like, the Luz de Villa, the, the little tuckery at the end. Right. Um, the donkey's, like, right outside of that. Mm-hmm. And we put Adam on there, because he's the smallest one. Made him a little hat to stick to. So no more real donkeys. No, as far as I can tell, there, there hasn't been one there in years. Oh. We were just at Olvera Street the other day. Yeah. We went to Olvera Street when um, the Renegade Craft Fair was uh, down around. They have a park, like, right down the street. From there now, it's mm-hmm. really nice actually. But yeah, I haven't eaten there. Um, we used to go there. My grandfather used to take me there, and we'd go have um, you know, burritos or whatever. I always love watching the ladies make the tortillas. Yeah, yeah. so they're just yep, so. <laughs> and, and that's, what, that's what I, I said. That, that's what that. women do when they're nervous. Mexican women do when they're nervous. They make tortillas. <laughs> they just do that. <laughs> the visual. <laughs> um, uh, I've tried that. It does not work. Mm-mm. Doesn't work at all. <laughs> I guess you got to be born doing it. Not me. And Stephanie, you talk. Um, I can't make them with the press. You what? No? I can't make them with the press. Ah, I'm ridiculously <laughs> stupid about that. Anyway, um, I wanted to ask about your one woman show. Oh um, right, I did Pocha a couple yeah. years ago, yeah. and Pocha means you're uh, an Americanized Mexican who doesn't speak Spanish. Yeah, and so it was based on my material, and you know, it was based on like the whole idea that you know I'm kind of. Uh, I'm in between, right. <laughs> you know, like, and of course I could change any second and just learn Spanish and then I would no longer be a pocha and that would be done. But for the most part, you know, uh, I had a sketch comedy background and then when I met Jimmy, he really encouraged me to do stand up because he goes, you kind of talk like a stand up, you kind of do set up, you tell, you know, yeah. and, and so I started to just work on this one person show and developed it and did it, did it, I guess like maybe three years ago. I don't know. Maybe, no, probably longer. And, um, it's kind of just a work in progress that I'd like to continue on, but you know, so many things that we're doing right now and, and getting back on stage more often, you know, and that's why the David Feldman show is like perfect for me because I don't have to worry about generating new material. They just provide it for me. But you know, the whole idea of doing a one person's show, it's just like crafting it and really developing it. And I think that takes a little bit more time and I would like to go back and develop it and do like, 
stronger and be more uh, authentic, be more myself than like more of, you know, kind of like stale or, but it's, uh, I don't know if a one person show is ego driven or if it's, it's just like something that I want to do creatively and have like complete, you know, I want, I want to do media in it. Like I already have ideas how to do media, but that's a whole another bag, you know, bag of wax or a ball of wax, whatever bag of something. Um, it's a whole ball of bag of wax, a whole ball and bag. And I really enjoyed it. I had a great, uh, director, um, why can't I remember Lisa's last name? It'll come to me later. And uh, it just was really fun. We produced it at Acme Comedy Theater where I had also done sketch comedy for a couple of years. And that was fun. And it was really good. You know, the whole thing about uh, self-promotion, doing press releases, it's a learning curve again, you know, yeah. with anything yeah. that you do. And I would like to do it in a smaller theater and you know, like the UCB space is an ideal space to workshop stuff. Yeah. yeah. Because it's a small, intimate theater. Plus they, uh, you know, sometimes they do those 6.30 shows where they're yep. looking for new shows. Yeah. Rob Delaney's done a couple of those. Right. Yeah, perfect. And they're great. Yeah. They're great because people want to show up. Yeah. It's accessible. It's a great space. And you can still, and if you're promoting, you can, you can fill the house. Mm-hmm. You can fill the house and get a good feel for how things, how the material's working. Yes. Is the material working at all? Yeah. There's nothing worse than a you know, big... A big, wonderful venue with nobody in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> El Cid's open mic is like, when you go into it, it's an awesome space, but when there's like 12 comics there, when they did their open mic there, when there's 12 comics there and you walk on stage onto it. It's just sad. It, yeah, it does kind of take the wind out of your sails. Mm-hmm. You're all, you're hyped. You're like, okay, I'm here. I'm going to, I got some new jokes. Bam. Boo. Nobody's there. And a couple people are like, ah. Or not. <laughs> yeah. Open mic. I just, I, it. It took me a while to get to the the place where I realized open mic is just about saying stuff. It's not about getting laughs. You not don't even think about it. I think that's a great way of looking yeah. at it. It's about like being in your skin yeah. and just and I forget that all the time. Yeah. So it's a great note. Like yeah, yeah. just talking, just yeah. be yourself. It's just saying stuff. It's just saying stuff because the because I was doing I was I haven't been doing open mics at all since the baby was born. And I did my last book show. It's going to be a year over a year now. So, um, you know. Most of the stuff that I've been doing is writing and the podcast, but um, the difference between when I went up <laughs> when I went up and did a show in San Francisco and I was doing open mics really heavily, it was night and day. Mm-hmm. Night and day. It's like I knew the jokes were all right. I wasn't getting a lot of reaction from them, but but just saying them was good. But that was kind of my first level of like, oh yeah, when you do this in front of an audience, it's totally different. <laughs> so you got to know your material. Yeah, you got to know your material, and you got and, and then you can tell what's working. So it's like open mics in this town are a weird thing. They're a really weird animal. Well, you know, there's so uh, few good ones. That comic Jimmy Dore, he'll say that LA is a hard place to do comedy because you know it's a weird place to start comedy. You know, because you're doing three minute sets, you're doing five minute sets. Yeah. So it's really hard to get that 15 minute set, that 20 minute set, if you're looking forward to doing, you know, being, you know, middling on the road. Well, I mean, even if, even if you don't care about, I mean, I have a day job and frankly, you know, my lavish lifestyle will not, (laughs) I mean, I I can't, you know, throw myself headfirst into comedy to make a living at it at at this point. But, you know, um, I think that that three minute, even if you, all you want to do is tell a story, you know, even if all you want to do is 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 open something up a little bit and not. I mean, if you're if you're telling one liners, all right, it's five minutes. Who cares? It's like I'll only get twenty one liners out. You know, it's like as opposed to I've seen a couple people who are really really funny at open mics. I mean, who, who are funny people at open mics who suck because they can tell 
a third of their really hilarious or touching or hilarious and touching or, you know, peppered with moments of hilarity story. And it's, you can't do it in you know, a three minute or five minute set. That was the one thing that about Elsa that pissed me off is they let whoever, they, they just let the list grow. So they had an hour and if, you know, 40 people showed up for that hour, they divvied those sets up. You know, so uh, I, I've got, I literally, I literally went up on stage once, said, hi, I'm Gene George, told a joke, got the light, walked off. No. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, like, like literally like a, like a two and a half minute set. <laughs> now, Seth, you came up through, um, would you say you came in on the end, like you said, of, um, of, of doing. Sketch. Right, well, you did sketch, but you also, I mean, it's from acting, because you, you have acting credits. Yes, yeah, sure. so I have a bachelor's degree in acting yes. theater arts, um, which is ridiculous. I wish I got it in directing, duh. <laughs> Film school, what a moron, acting. You know, seriously, acting at a university isn't necessarily what I'm going to do in L.A. And right. uh, that was really, because uh, stage, you're bigger than life. You know, you're, you're filling a space. It's And I love doing uh, uh, musicals. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was always a great Great experience. I wasn't a fantastic dancer. I could just sell it. Right. <laughs> you know, in a musical, that's all you had to you do. You gotta be there. Yeah, you that's gotta it. You just be present, you know. Um, and then from uh, my bachelor's degree, I ended up uh, eventually going to the Groundlings, and I did sketch. And I loved it. It was such a great experience, and a lot of people find it really uh, grueling. Yeah. You know, we, our guest that. last week, yep. uh, Sam Cruz, exactly talked that. about trying out for Groundlings. It wasn't for him. I really wanted to talk to somebody who... Um, went through the Groundlings program, so I'm I'm glad that we had you here this week for that. I loved it. You know, for me, it was just, they're just teaching you a style that fits for the Groundlings, and it's character-driven, it's very big, it's very brassy, it's very SNL, and then it's it's different than UCB. UCB, I really like that program. I love UCB. You know, because it's a very, like, a very natural form of improvisation with this rascal touch to it like if this is true what else is true and i love that whole concept that and game of the scene we talked about this last week too yeah and it, it, it's just it's uh to me it's more it's a contemporary form of improv um they're they're all perfect styles you know they all work for each other yeah. and i loved the character driven stuff but i was doing so many characters you know and i love wigs and i love a nice costume come <laughs> yeah. on who doesn't? The right lipstick. Um, but that doesn't necessarily serve you in a sitcom because you're not going in as a character. You're yeah. going in as yourself. So you have to learn how to be yourself. And I think UCB yeah. does that more for the artist. Yeah. I mean, from a, from a stand-up and writing standpoint, it's so much more me. I can be me as opposed – and that's – I think when I do the research on on the different, you know, programs, and I don't have anything – I, I want to make sure that everybody knows that I have nothing against – any of the uh, programs. I'm glad you're clarifying. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just want to make sure. I don't want people coming up to me later and mm-hmm. go, you, you, Drownlings hater, you, I.O. West hater, whatever. Um, yeah, you know, it, it is, it's, it's a lot more naturalistic, but I can see the appeal of if you come from a really theatrical background, you know, wanting to do that sort of thing. Or, you, you know, the, the SNL sort of, you know, everything's based around a this is the big day, yeah. you know, for this character. And I loved it. Like, it really, like, I love disappearing into a character. That was really fun to yeah. me. That's yeah. easy. They kind of write themselves. So if you're playing that character. Yeah. But being me, huh, that was, like, really, are you kidding me? I got to, oh, me. Treat yourself like a character. Exactly. Man, what a crappy character I am. <laughs> oh, suck. <laughs> so, you know, and that's, uh, you know, I did take uh, a UCB class because, uh, 
you know, getting stage time just to be yourself, it's a great way to be yourself, taking yeah. one of those classes. Yeah, yeah. So I want to take another class, you know. I, I There are certain teachers that I want to take a class with, you know, like I've been looking forward to taking a class with Sean Conroy. Oh, but it's been taking awesome forever dude. for me to keep remembering to go to the website. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's the second level. Well, oh, it's sold Sean's, out. And Sean's been doing stuff too, so I don't know mm-hmm. if he's been teaching lately. So. Yeah, so I always, every so often I'll see him like, are you doing a class? Can you let me know? It's like, <laughs> ah, you know, why don't you just go to the website and figure it out? <laughs> but, you know, we just went and saw ASCAT, um, and uh, it's such an irreverent show. It's such a great style. And they have it down where they go, hey, pay what you can. Can you? I mean, what a smart way to run your theater that you build an audience through your goodwill. And that's what art is. Like, how do you include your community? And if you're interested, and if you're interested, and you pay the bucks to, to take classes, and that's the meat and potatoes of the... Yeah, it really is kind of like an interesting sort of... Um, dynamic. Maybe. Yeah, well, it's that, you know, what we talked about on the show before, the DIY ethic. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I, I would go to those basement shows or shows out of a, you know, storefront, and it was kind of by donation or right. you know, the house party or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's what's happening in comedy is... Well, this was the interesting thing, and I'd like to know, since you are so involved in... Um, in, in two political programs, I, I think comedy and everything else definitely has developed into um, definitely politically charged more. A bully pulpit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, y'all. I don't. I don't know. You do try to distinguish between Jimmy Dore show and comedy and everything else, mm-hmm. but you'll share segments, you'll yep. share writing, um, and trains of thought conversations that that you and Jimmy both want to have. Um, why is it that there wasn't a lot of political comedy or even like political activism or political punk rock or anything going on during the Bush administration? Now we have Obama in office. Now we have this crazy far right, you know, disinformation campaign. And now you're hearing more in, in comedy and you're hearing more in I think the conversation is people getting more I think radical in their politics and being and discussing these big issues I think there's always been a comedy that wants to have commentary about society I think that's already always existed I think maybe a generation is more aware of it than before I just I mean I I think there's some truth to and I, I want your opinion on it that it's just it was so ridiculous. And Brody's question is, why wasn't it during Bush? I just think it's so ridiculous and dumb. What are you going to say about it? It's ridiculous and dumb. That's not funny. I, you know, you know? Right. it's like where's the comedy? And like he's kind of a douche. And yeah, it's like, like oh, there are I, I think there's plenty <laughs> of comedy in all of that. Like yeah, yeah. I think you can find it, but yeah. I don't think uh, cultures necessarily wants to hear it. And right, you know, that's right. the difference about you know doing comedy in a comedy club. They want to sell tickets. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and and they want to be, everybody's happy, don't, you know, don't rock the boat. But we just saw, um, I don't know if it's a new movie or a re-release, but we went to the L.A. Film Festival last week, and they had a Bill Hicks film showing his life. And so you're talking about somebody who was in the 80s who was talking a lot of political commentary right. in his comedy. And, you know, so, and it continues. So I yeah. think, I think the way we look at on comedy, everything else, what? There's so much going on. How can you not talk about right, it? Right, right. It's right. like in your face. I mean, I can't believe we're in two wars. And I know, like, our troops have left, and we only have 50,000 peacekeepers there, but we're there. But we're, we're invested occupied. in it. That's the thing is it doesn't matter. It's like we can pull our troops out, but we're, we are, you know, absolutely invested in making sure that, you know, 
Iranian style Islamic, you know, Sharia law doesn't spill over into Iraq. We can't, even though there are not dudes on the ground with combat troops, we still have the geopolitical. Comet troops were, was in quotes. Comet so troops was in air quotes. Air, air quotes. quotes. Just want to make sure it's a visual. Oh, we need. You know what we need? We need a sound for air quotes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. I'll look at floop, the, uh, floop, floop, floop. <laughs> <laughs> Here, take. I'll do a clean one. Floop, floop. <laughs> and then you can just use that. I'll just drop that yeah, in. I like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 we're never. I mean, we're never going to be out of there. Or the the results of, of our going in there are it's going to take Always decades, mix, right? decades and decades. For, I mean, and also we're talking about a place in the Middle East where so you know happy. Where you're so happy. <laughs> um, we're talking about you know everything in the Middle East is oh it's like recording in a bowling alley. Isn't it, isn't it more like, what do they call that? Like, it's environmental sound effects. It's uh, oh, ambient. Yes, so we have our ambient. Yes, yes. You know? Uh, <laughs> but but this, these are places that, that, these are places where tribalism rules and grudges are never forgotten. You know, never forgotten. Sounds like a classroom in high school. <laughs> totally. <laughs> grudges. But eventually they move on. Mm-hmm. These are places where they're still fighting wars that are thousands of years old. You know? And and you're just never going to extricate yourself from that. It's you know you've harpooned the whale and you're stuck to the whale now. What are you going to do with the whale? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and it doesn't I, matter who's president. And yes, and I think you know I think there was a uh, I think it's just so painful. <laughs> I think that's what makes it hard. Oh yeah, yeah, you know because we're like so connected to emotionally. I'm like, like you know I have a friend like she goes you know there are genocides everywhere. That's hard to make funny. Yeah, you yeah. know, but she tries. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, and I mean the the absurdity of it. I mean, I, 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 you know, I laugh at black things, you know, black, like black people. No, no. Like black humor, you know. Right. I, I realized halfway bloop, through bloop. that. <laughs> <laughs> bloop, bloop. Uh, uh, anyway. Dark. Dark uh, comedy. Dark comedy. <laughs> yes, yes. African-American comedy. I yes, you laugh comedy. at African-American comedy. No, Death comedy jam. Urban. 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 Oh, that's, that's right. The, that's, that's the, the new, new code word. The new, the new euphemism. Right. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, because we have because we have to define everything that is normal, it by as white, and right. then anything else we we have to slap a label on. Right. See, right, right. Well, when 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 all the city centers are gentrified and, and all the minorities move out to the suburbs and the suburbs are decaying, then we will have it will be suburb suburban right. comedy. There you go. But yeah, you know, I, th- I it's it's yeah. There's you can always find something miserable. I mean, human beings are great misery factories. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that that in and of itself is hilarious. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it is. Misery can be funny. Yeah, yeah totally. As funny. long as it's not happening to you. Right. <laughs> now, being, I just it's, it's interesting. The like I said, I called it a bird's eye view earlier. I mean, you're writing. On two or three, actually, mm-hmm. po- political or appearing on mm-hmm. three politically charged community shows. You're a teacher in a school district that has seen so much upheaval and controversy right now. I mean, the LA school district and 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 surviving as a teacher under that system. You have the, the American youth who you're shaping and forming. How do you how do you not be stressed out? First of all, like. 
how do, how, how do you tackle all that? I'm a pretty good teacher. <laughs> you know, like I... Uh, just, just pretty good. Pretty, just pretty good. Um, <laughs> you know what I will say, though? I think what makes... Uh, I, I have an advantage because I have humor. And if you want to connect with a group of male students, be funny. You yeah. know, like that really resonates with kids. You know, it's very dry. It's very droll. And, you know, you have a lot of people in general that are just kind of dry people trying to give you information. And so I think that's advantageous for me. And as far as uh, being stressed, um, today was Monday. So, like, when I go to the school, I have to remind myself, I know I have to accomplish a lot, but let's take it down a notch. It's Monday. And every time I have that idea of, like, let me just take my time, it's a great day. I have 36 kids every period. So I teach 36 different kids five periods a day. So I have, like, about 180 kids. Still don't know all their names, but I'm really enjoying them. So what is the stress? I, I, I just know that I'm, I am capable of managing a classroom. You know, they're kind of, like, they're disciplined. Yeah. But there's a lot of creativity that they, yeah. they're able to enjoy. And not as much as I certainly want. Not as much as, like, creative assignments that are thinking outside the box. Because that's not really conducive to education. It's all about the test. Boring <laughs> tests. So even though I don't believe in tests, even though I don't think it's in, in my test scores are great and I teach at the top 3% of the nation, the school that I teach at. It's, uh, anyways, and <laughs> who cares? And, uh, you know, like I think that's funny because I don't believe in testing, but I can teach you how to take a good test. I didn't necessarily take tests well, but let me teach you how to do it. And that's all you have to do is yeah, teach took, these kids to maneuver through tests. I took awesome tests. <laughs> I, no, seriously, I love tests. I would do. I would do no. Well, I, I was really good at tests. Yes, there's the few, a, there are personalities. It's, it's one of the few. Yeah. It's one of the few academic things that I was very very good at, and I never did homework, mm-hmm. but I did do extemporaneous book reports. You know, okay. I mean, and and uh, you know, but testing boo. Well, I mean, overall, but 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 it never bothered me because see, he's I was the kid that could, he could test well. Right. I, on the other hand, struggled with tests, and I think that allows me to teach them how to do better on tests. Yeah. And tests, man, are just trying to keep you down. Yeah. That's the bottom line. They're just, just trying like to keep scores. you down. That's tests right. Tests and credit scores. Tests and credit scores. And we'll yeah. be right back. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I think the 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 I didn't. I hardly learned anything in school. I mean, I, I, you know, that I didn't bring to the table myself and tests didn't measure any, you know, amount of what they did right for me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's utterly worthless. It's like, yeah, it's like, we have these, these annual and semi-annual reviews at work and they're always ridiculous and the, the criteria are always dumb. And it really comes down to, does everybody like you? You know, I mean, it really at work for me is like, does everybody like you? Do you get along with people? Do you work well? You know, do you work well on a project? If, if I have to do cross disciplinary projects with, a... I love this new voiceover character you're doing. Yeah, it's great. Wait, hang... uh, let me drink a glass of water and do it. It's very nice. <laughs> and I do air quotes at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, it's basically, can you, can you, can you bring like disparate individuals together and make them do X, Y, or Z, whatever the project mm-hmm. is, you know, it's like, can you get along with people? You, do you not bite people's head off? Do you, you know, can you get the results that are expected? It's like, I have, I work for a healthcare company. Doctors need to get their email on their mobile devices. Yeah. If that doesn't happen, I'm failing as an employee and I need to be disciplined up to the point of being fired 
or whatever. You know? Right, right. But there's it's so. How do they discipline you? <laughs> well, you know, we what talked happens? about the freeze earlier. Yeah, I'm curious about that. Does somebody you know, have to you, get in like you, a surgeon's you know, uh, mask? And... Come to Jesus. They give you the come to Jesus. You know, basically say you're, you're not. This is what a review is for. It's like you're not doing your job well enough. Here's where you can improve, and, and hopefully that's constructive. But it's so ridiculous, and it's like a test. It's like it's so. It, there's these hoops you have to jump through. Well, if everything works out in education, mm-hmm. then they're going to attach student test scores to teacher pay. So I think that's a really great idea. <laughs> I can totally. I mean, that makes so much sense. Um, yeah. I was listening to this teacher on the way here. She works in LA school district, and she's one of the teachers whose test scores were significant and strong. And she was saying how, yeah, people at the school they really aren't. Uh, they're saying that I had the best students. Guess what? I bet she did. There is a certain caliber and tracking that goes on in schools. And they put uh, a lot of the advanced group of kids in one class. And the kids that aren't necessarily connected, they're in another class. And it's tracking. So uh, who's going to do better? Teachers that are teaching advanced placement students or teachers that are teaching the at-risk group of kids? And so who's going to get the money? And and is the measure – okay, you know, I read an interesting – Wall Street Journal had a a series of articles a long time ago. It's got to be a couple years ago now. But the opening quote was like 50% of people are below average. Always remember, fifty percent of people below average. Simply statistics. There's there's a there's a line, and there are people above that line and people below that line. So, is teaching an at risk group of kids and making a five percent increase in in test scores, quote unquote, um, you know, is that that might be worth more in those kids' lives than you know than a, a smaller increment. You know, oh, you've got the top percentile. Whoopee. They're and what be- was the last test you guys took as adults? What was that recent right. test? I, mean, I probably took a test for like a temp job. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Placement, yeah. sure. Yeah. The, last, the last test as a student I took that wasn't part of a class was a placement test. Mm-hmm. It was an English placement test, which I got four out of five on. You, there's no stopping I was, pissed, I was pissed off about it. Of course, because you already take tests well. Mm-hmm. So it had to be somebody's mistake. It was a totally I hope you brought mistake. it to their attention. I did. I absolutely did. I was that guy. Good. <laughs> so that guy. Good. I tell my students all the time, you know, bring, you know, you think I made a mistake? I'm human. Go ahead and let's check it. I go, that's what you should be doing with your bank statements. Full circle. Yeah. Life yeah. skills. See that how that happens? Yeah. But yeah, so so it, it, I think the rigidity of that sort of thing is is ridiculous, and it takes a lot of the stuff that learning should be about out of it. It, it it's just like it's like rigidity in other laws. It's it's if you when you take the ability for someone to make a um, a, a well considered judgment out of it, it makes humans don't work like that. Humans don't work in black and white. Computers work in black and white, and you know, yeah. What if you? So what if you're the teacher that you're you know gets the, the shitty kids quote unquote and I've had them yeah yeah and, and it turns out I like them but it's yeah. But, but yeah but and it turns out you make a difference mm-hmm. and you make someone's life better but that doesn't how does that translate onto a random there was that one student, like one of my first years teaching, Judy wanted me to read her journal. One of those journal moments again uh-huh. about how she was uh, living with her boyfriend and making love. I'm like, I don't want to read any more of this, please. <laughs> you know, like they do surprise you. Like I really kind of like that shock value. Yeah. So that makes the job really fun, right. you know. But the whole idea of like uh, – Yes, I really want them to be successful. And there is responsibility yeah. and stress about that. But um, 
I think it's an art form and it really uh, makes me a better person when I'm with them. And I try not to humiliate that often when they don't bring their homework. So right. I try to be gentle. That would have been awesome because you had, I would, I would, I never brought homework in. Almost never. Maybe once. Maybe twice. <laughs> seriously. Seriously. I was the dude that did ne- never did homework. Never. Boom. Done. F. F. Yeah, no, I got a lot of Fs. Uh-huh. Got a lot of Fs. It's just showing up doing it. It's just life skill. Yeah, no, no. Are you there yeah. doing it, turning in, meeting the deadline, you yeah. know, right. that oh, kind I'm, of stuff. I'm with you. Oh, for example. Oh, now I'm totally with you, but. For example, my students were doing a, 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 they had to go home and interview their parents about, have you ever made uh, an expensive mistake? What was oh, the most expensive mistake that you, you made? And I told them, and I actually said, I go, they can't talk about divorce. All right. And they can't say you. And they all giggled because they're like, ah, oh, all right. And then the kids were coming back and they're telling us all the mistakes parents made, like paying a ticket late or mm-hmm. somebody said, I loaned somebody $10,000. Oh, criminy. I know. And I, and we start having these conversations about. Can I get your dad's phone number? I know. Is he loaning any longer? <laughs> and like, what is the idea about what's an expensive mistake? Right. What's an so I'm going to show them next uh, in a couple days. Uh, uh, the governor Christie from New Jersey made a 400 million dollar mistake with the funding for New Jersey and education, and he had all the crazy excuses. Why didn't they call? Why didn't they pick up the phone and call me? I would have told them the information. You know, we didn't fill it out appropriately. We made a mistake. They could have called us, right. and it just sounds like all the excuse my kids make. Yeah. But it's a 400 million dollar yeah. mistake that yeah. he's passing the buck so i want to show them something that's a current event yep. about education about funding and about an adult not filling out an application correctly yep. so it's like real life skills so yeah, 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 you know, yeah, like i'm yeah. trying to convince them you know that's totally badass no no i mean that sort of thing i think is there's thank there's you a, gene you're welcome you're absolutely welcome <laughs> i'm going to introduce that this is the badass lesson i think you should <laughs> i totally do that. i will they're gonna love it too. <laughs> cool yeah no i that that's sort of if some if I, like i said I, I had i had a handful of teachers who who cared about that you know and and it showed it totally showed and yeah. do, do your uh, former teachers know that you're a teacher now and have they did you come in contact with them, or are they? Oh, like, God. Oh, we saw it coming. Let like, me see. You know, I had some college teachers that knew I was going to teaching, but as far as my high school teachers, I don't know. Like, high school was like a done deal for me. It was like, oh, my God. I went to high school in Orange County, and anytime I drive through Orange County, I'm like, oh, anxiety. Yeah. I'm done with that chapter of my life. I don't really care. You know, like, there's a reunion. I think I went to my 10-year reunion, and that was done. Yeah. I saw my friends with their nose jobs and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but I, 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 I don't have that inclination to go back to high school although mm. I had a great time I, I, and I was just thinking about my high school teachers I'm like I wonder who's dead yeah, yeah totally <laughs> right because they're yeah, older yeah, 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 yeah. right yeah, 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 yeah. and yeah, significantly yeah, yeah. yeah totally Totally. So that's probably the extent of yeah. it. But, you know, of course, they're always great teachers, mm-hmm. mediocre teachers, not so great teachers, mm-hmm. like human nature, like any field. I can't, I can't think of any of my teachers that were bad you know, I can't think of oh, any no, that, yeah. that I that I, 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 I well. perceived as being crummy, but I can think of a lot of good ones. Maybe that's yeah, just mm-hmm. I, my my yardstick was not very sophisticated <laughs> for determining teacher worth. Yeah, I, I think I was lucky. I had some good teachers. Um, were would you say that people are less surprised as far as you? I mean, it's showing the interest you did in getting theater and you liked musicals and. You, Going into comedy, going then you know, sketch comedy, then stand up, and now comedy writing and comedy performing. Was that less surprising for like your family and for the people you came up with? I would say the the rules that I had, like if I wanted to pursue acting, I had to have a backup plan. 
Yeah. Now, if you talk to anybody else, they say, don't have a backup plan. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, you just have to kind of throw yourself into it. So I, I, I think the problem is I really enjoy it. Like it nurtures me in an artist kind of way where you're trying to like, Hey, isn't learning great? Hey, you don't like learning. Let me make it interesting for you. Maybe you haven't had that window open for you yet. Let, let's, that's kind of exciting to have that mm, opportunity sure. to do that with kids by the 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's not necessarily always there. Yeah. And they've done, they've done studies that kids don't, their brains aren't ready for that early instruction. So yeah. once again, we're kind of pattering our educational system after adults have to go to work. Yeah. So it's not necessarily conducive for the kids' learning experience. It's right. society. It's easier for society. So are people surprised that I'm a teacher? Um, uh, I have one friend. Uh, she laughs all the time because she can't believe I'm a teacher. <laughs> she thinks that's really hilarious. And she, she ran into one of my students that, uh, uh, that she found out was my student when I was teaching in Pasadena. And uh, she, he told her, he goes, yeah, Mrs. Zamorano, she can be kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> And she couldn't understand. She goes, how can you be scary? <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, I think dude. even those uh, who know you, you know, purely as a performer and purely as, uh, you know, they are audience members and haven't had the pleasure of, of sitting down with you like we have. Yeah, Steph's nice. That's great. <laughs> I, was to- I, was told, I was told once by a supervisor that I was intimidating. Yeah? <laughs> and that was kind of the same. I was like, Me? <laughs> well, I do. I, don't do I, I think I think people are easily intimidated by people that are uh, sure of themselves and have a point of view. Mm. Like to me, in education, I think it's really hilarious. Like we'll go to these meetings and I'll sort of pop off. I think right. that's funny. Right. Like um, this is a visual. Um, so sorry for our listeners, but our, <laughs> our superintendent, our ex-superintendent came to our school site and I decided to sit up front because I was going to ask him critical thinking questions that otherwise nobody <laughs> asked. And so he stood right in front of me cause I was in the front and he was about uh, as close as you could be standing in front of somebody seated. So I extended my leg like I was shaking it. <laughs> so if he got too close, I would kick him in the nuts, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. But the whole staff knew that this guy was invading my space mm-hmm. and he was trying to intimidate me. And I thought it was hilarious. Nice. And of course I was the only one who asked a, a question of their data. Your data is incomplete. You're showing us all these numbers. Your data is incomplete. How can we possibly have an opinion about this? And we were the last school out of like 30 that they had shown the same presentation to with the same data and nobody had an opinion about it. So for me, I think my comedy and my theater gives me the chops to like question the status quo in a very traditional setting. What's the worst that can happen? What is the worst that could happen? What is the worst that could they happen? could move you to a new school site. They yeah. could they could really oh, they, could, make it, they, they could screw your life a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. but sometimes I'm willing to take those risks because I think it's funny. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He has long since uh that that superintendent uh in- attendant, superintendent superintendent. He, in, in he actually <laughs> left his job. And the dirt is that uh he was in a car accident with his girlfriend. Oh no. Uh-huh. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, it rolled because somebody was drinking, and her head was found under the pedals of the vehicle. Oh, oh my God. Six months later, he's retiring yes. from the school district. Holy crap. Why would that be? <laughs> and he spent uh, some time, he spent the evening in jail that I, night that I found out. I, I hear he's a furry, too. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> See? Wow. 
I haven't heard he's not a furry. I'm just asking the question. I'm just asking the question. <laughs> Could he be furry? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can subscribe to Shaky Town Radio on iTunes. Simply search for Shaky Town Radio. You can visit our constantly updated blog at shakytownradio.com. Our Facebook fan page link can be found there, or you can simply go to facebook.com slash shakytownradio. Our Twitter address is at shakytownradio. Our email address is shakytownradio at gmail.com. You can send us a voicemail at 6666-SHAKE or 6666-467-4253. That's the same number. The music on this episode is the song To Sir With Love, as done by early 80s Boston punk band Lou Miami and the Cosmetics. Their cover version was the B-side to their first single, Fascist Lover. You can find out more about them at myspace.com slash cosmetics, K-O-Z-M-E-T-I-X. One last question. Because I like it when you ask this question. Steph, what is your advice for the kids out there? Oh, my advice for the kids out there is simple. Think big and then think bigger. Because I think people just stop. Like, they go, you know what? I think if I have this, this is enough. No, you can have this and more. It might take a little bit of work, but think bigger. And I wish somebody would have told me think bigger. Like, I would have thought, like, I was thinking pretty big. Yeah. Uh, Think bigger. I mean, just when you think you have it down, just go, okay, now what? Yeah, I, I, and I, I think if you add that to the, what's the worst that can happen, because, I mean, it, if they ain't killing you, you're all right. Mm-hmm. If they are literally putting a bullet in your head and ending whatever shot you have at this, yeah. who cares? If they make fun of you, if they if you, if you get humiliated or whatever. It's like okay. I've always said, they haven't taken me out yet. Yeah. Yet. <laughs> like you always now that say. Always now say. that you're lighting a fire under the man, though, do you, I wouldn't put it past them to do some sort of weird, like, Sheila Booth golden eye satellite thing to me. Oh. Now it's where it gets weird. Yeah, yeah. I like it already. No. Was I should put this in one of my scripts. Yeah. Isn't Sheila Booth? What was that movie? With no, that's, you're talking, that's, I don't know the name, I didn't see it. But you, you don't know that. Eagle Eye. Is it Eagle Eye? It yeah, was Eagle Eye. That was a James Bond movie. <laughs> anyway. Well, it's been absolute, it's been an absolute joy and, and I am going to sound like a broken record. Every one of these shows gets better than the last. And this oh, is, this I like is, that. This is the exception. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not the exception. This Even is, funnier. Yeah. Good for Boom, you, Boom, turned it around. Bam. Yeah. Nice. She can take it. Yeah, All my can. feelings aren't going to be hurt. <laughs> this is the comedy portion. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about it. the everything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, I, I really do want to say uh, uh, comedy and everything else is one of the reasons why I um, even considered doing a podcast. Excellent. Yeah. You know, there's so much room, and, you know, Jimmy and I always tell our friends, you know, just keep doing it. Yeah, totally. There's plenty of room. and th- yeah. it's. I mean, I think it's, you know what it is? It's It's like doing stand-up, and people show up to the show, they show up to the show. You know, it's 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 like, a, but, but you have a much wider um, venue, you know? So I do think there's room. I do think there's plenty of room. Although, I do have to say, and you guys probably went through exactly the same thing, the minute we started doing a podcast, it seemed like everyone was doing a podcast all of a sudden. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Now I think everyone is, but, mm-hmm. you know. But because people are seeing, like, it, it. it's a nice self-promotion. Yeah. It makes connections. It's interesting. Yeah. It's another yeah. art form. Yeah. You're always yeah, yeah. doing something. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank but, you for having one of the best ones there. Yeah. If not the best one. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'd certainly <laughs> top five. Yeah, I'd go with the top ten, definitely. Maybe, maybe the top thirty, <laughs> maybe the bottom third. No, 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 absolutely no. It's, it's uh, right up there. Seriously, no number necessary. You guys, uh, you guys, and and just the the amount of fun and and interesting topics and interesting guests. Um, you know, is kind of um, one of the. You know, we're very excited every time we do one. 
This See, isn't that great? It's, it's really great. Isn't it great? Just as excited as we are to download it here, you are excited <laughs> yeah. making it. Totally. Putting I haven't listened to it since Todd left the show. Right. Yeah, that's all right. No. Todd doesn't either. I don't no, I'm kidding. Todd does. He, <laughs> he was like all over the Kyle Cease episode. Like he was calling Jimmy every time. He's like, "What else? Why are you going to download the next one? What's happening?" <laughs> I, 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 I have to be honest. I, I don't listen to our show. <laughs> oh, you know what? I will say this: that that is a real. Uh, that's a very interesting thing. Being able to listen to yourself. Can't do it. Uh, Hard time. You, you know what? It will. It'll be that learning curve. This is brilliant. Yeah. I mean, this. I might. This might be the one that makes me a fan of Gene George. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think I was brilliant. You really nailed the furries. I think I, did. I, think I put them where they live. You know, I, I, I haven't talked about. I've only sort of skirted the issue. I haven't gotten into the nitty gritty. I'm still thinking about what costume I'd wear. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I got to really. I don't have any. I thought I stepped on your foot. Um, uh, I, uh, I don't have any inkling of, of if I was going to do some, see, I think it's the being comfortable in your own skin thing. I don't think about what I would want to be other than a gene. Batman. Definitely Batman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Boy, I liked Catwoman when I was a kid. Yeah. 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 Catwoman was Catwoman. You know, that's all I got. You know, I just like the costume. I was like, wow, it's like a kid. I'm like, that is a great costume. <laughs> Hence, I think why I went into the groundlings. I like costumes. I think a bear or a bull, maybe. Maybe a big bulldog. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I, I, I think a think. panda would be nice. A panda? Please oh, be open to pandas. Too... The I... great thing is the Halloween stores are opening. All these Halloween um, superstores. Yeah, Hit them up. True. I don't know. Hit them up. Yeah. All right. Well, again, it's been lovely having you on. Um, is there anything that's going on that you want to plug besides the 47 billion things you're doing on the internet? Uh, I think, you, oh, I'm doing a fashion show. Okay. I'm kidding. Like, <laughs> right. I am, I'm also designing my own. Uh, designing your own. Uh, my own line of clothing. And yeah, you could get it soon at, I don't know. I got, you know, just go to our website and I think that's, that's it kind of modest about my success you. you should not hide your light under a bushel <laughs> do not do that lights are no place for bushels noted bushels are no place for lights something <laughs> gotta screw something up horribly every episode ah well gentlemen i think this has been really fun yeah thank absolutely. you very much yeah yeah you're the best you I, I love to, no, i love to you're the your best. show oh thank you no thank you on. guys you are thank you gentlemen you've been you're the best absolutely. thank you this no you're, been, uh... you're the best oh my god um, yeah, so uh, this has been the Shaky Town Radio Hour, and uh, thank you, Stephanie, and uh, and thank you, Brody. Thank you very much. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. I'm Gene George. I'm Steph Zamorano. Take a Reese's. <laughs> All right. Take a Reese's, everybody. Uh, excellent. Sometimes you don't know what you're doing, but you know where you're going. And then you start thinking, hey, how many times is that guy going to drag me down a flight of stairs? Turn me up a flight of stairs. Turn me down a flight of stairs. Turn me up a flight of stairs. And how many times am I gonna say, You turn me down that flight of stairs, and you turn me back up again? When I'm tied up in the lumber yard, those two by fours are ripping through my spine. I kind of put my cool, I scream, I love you, sir. I love you, sir. I love you, sir. If you wanted the sky, I would try to crush the sky and letters at it. So I With love, the time has come for closing books and long last looks. 
my sin. And as I live, I know that I am leaving my, my best friend. 